0: you'll join with me, today's scripture reading is from Romans 12, one through eight. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind The one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Hey, good morning. Good to see you all this morning. It was brought to my attention this might look like something else, it's water. Just just so we're all super clear, it is a fancy thing. It's my water glass. My water cup for drinking water. Okay, just so we're all clear. Hey, it is good to be here. It is good that we can be together um, to see one another and greet one another. I hope, sincerely hope that you feel welcome this morning, um, that you feel welcome in this place. Sincerely hope that you have a sense of how much God loves you this morning um, as you take a breath. I was thinking about Romans chapter 12 and the message this morning. And what just struck me this morning is um, how much I appreciate this worship band. And these folks, like they were here when I got here already practicing. And as I was thinking about these notes in this scripture, it just kept, right? this is such an example of folks using their gifts for the body, putting time in and using something that they can do to help us worship God. So I'm super grateful for this like, whole team that was here this morning and just wanna say thanks for coming here and for leading us and using, using your gift for us. Without that an amen? Yes. yes, thank you, amen. I was like, what did you say? Um, <laughs> amen, um, appreciate you guys. So let's, would, you, would you just take a moment and let's pray together and then we'll get into our sermon this morning. God, thank you that we're here. Thank you that we are alive this morning. Um, We have breath in our lungs, we are here um, with our brothers and sisters, and we have sung songs to you of worship, and now we will look at this sacred, ancient scripture. Um, And I ask God that, that you would speak, and that your spirit would guide even how the words come out of my mouth, and that the spirit would just speak to us. God, wake us up to ways we need to wake up. Um, encourage us where we need to be encouraged, and, and challenge us where we need to be challenged this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've been looking at, for the last few weeks, if you've been around or maybe been watching on video, as we start to talk about formation and spiritual disciplines or practices, of really looking at some questions about who we are and who God is to get started. Having a good, accurate view of, a biblical view of who God is and how God loves us and who we are in all of this, we've been looking at questions like, like, who is your teacher? Um, is Jesus your teacher? Questions like, can we really believe and trust that God loves us this much? Can we really believe and trust that God can change us? Do we believe that God's power can actually transform us from the inside out? And this morning, we'll look at this question, who are you? Or if I'm saying it for myself or you for yourself, who am I? Like, deep down, really, who am I? If we are going to let God transform us, if we are going to stay connected to God and even know where God is leading us, we have to have a, a good, healthy view of, who who am I? Like, really, who am I? Who are you? What, what is your identity? How do you identify yourself? How do you think about who you are? If I pulled someone on the stage and I said, tell us who you are, like really, tell us who you are. For some of you, that's horrifying that that might happen, it's not gonna happen. But if I said, no, no, tell us who you are, like what would you say? And there's the normal things that kind of get around that, right? Like we talk about, well, I have this job, or I don't have this job right now, or I have this spouse, or I don't have this spouse, or I have this family, or I don't have this family, or I'm from this ethnic background, and I live here, I'm kind of from here, right, and and I have this kind of political leaning, and I I like these kinds of books, and this kind of music, and I have this kind of hobby, right, and I want that kind of job, and I'd like this kind of vacation, and... Right, I like these kind of shoes. For some of us, that's important. For some of us, not as much. Right, you got you got me. Thank you. But we can answer that right, and all these kind of things. Right, how we spend our time. That well, that's kind of who I am. But I want us to really stop and consider who are you. Like really, what is your identity and what matters? And there is some real clarity in the scriptures for those of us who are in Christ. For those of us who are in God's family, there is a really clear beginning to this sermon. So the first half of the sermon, has it's just very plain and clear. And then the second half of the sermon, we're gonna talk about how we're each unique. But the beginning part is gonna be really clear and simple. So we're gonna start with John chapter one. I'm gonna read three scriptures this morning. John chapter one, nine through 13, I believe. and everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. And then one more, Galatians chapter four. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father, So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. So this question, for those of us who are in Christ, who who are in the church, the question of who we are, on one hand, is very simple. And the scriptures repeat this idea over and over again. You have to know who you are. And who you are, fundamentally, is a child of God. Amen? You are a child of God. And not just a child of God, but you are God's beloved child. John says it in beautiful ways. Beloved, right? Beloved, let us love one another. Beloved, he's pointing, you are God's beloved children. That's who you are. And if we can find our confidence in this reality, if we can find our hope in this reality, if we can find our identity in this reality, reality, if we can find our meaning and purpose in this reality, that you are God's child first and fundamentally, if we can find who we are in that, oh, the rest of it all makes a lot more sense. And we don't have to strive and claw for meaning in other, in other spaces and other ways if we can have a purpose and a hope and a deep confidence in who I am is God's beloved child. That's who I am. And when others accuse you of things or say, "You're this or you're that," now who I am, fundamentally, I might have made a grave mistake right there and need to own up to it, but who I am, I am God's beloved child, and that's going to have form how I answer this. That's going to form how I live. That's going to form how I respond. That's going to reform or inform how I have my confidence. And if we have that kind of identity and confidence deep that, no, this is who I am, I am God's child, that we don't have to depend on our career for identity, right, or our our education for identity, or neighborhood, or wealth, or social status in some social ladder, or impressing somebody who might never be impressed by us anyway, or trying to get that approval of that one person, we can let... Some of that go if our identity is, I am God's beloved child, and that guides me, that grounds me in how I live and how I view myself and how I view everything else. There are some other belief systems or religious systems that believe in a God who is distant, a God who set things in motion and he's up there somewhere, but a God who's distant or a God who's out there. But this God of the Scriptures is a God who is actually an adoptive father, a loving father, who is relational, who is with us, who is leading with love. Now, grasping this idea of our identity as I am God's beloved child can come across to us differently depending on our family of origin on Earth, right? So some of you might have a really beautiful picture of a loving father, because you had an earthly father who loved you so well. And so you, you can just, yeah, I know what that feels like. I, I, can ima- I can get that. I have a picture of that. Some of you had earthly parents that had a hard time loving you. For whatever reason they were going through, were not able to love you well. And many of us probably had some mix of that, right? Moments where we knew we were loved and moments where we have tension and, or anger or right, animosity Some mix of that, because our earthly parents are not perfect, right? But that can kind of influence how much we can understand this love of our Heavenly Father. But this Heavenly Father, this this Abba Father, is a God who has perfect love, whose love never fails. Who, yes, knows that we mess up, and yes, needs to challenge us when we mess up, or discipline us, yes, But it's a God whose love never wavers, no matter what we do. Who always offers forgiveness, who always is offering to bring us back and help us repair whatever we messed up. A God who is powerful and strong, demands honor and respect, and who is patient and loving and kind with us. This is our Abba Father. And so when we have these moments when we have anxiety about what's going on, or shame or stress, Like this, can we go back to this this fundamental reality? I am God's beloved son or daughter. And I want to relate this to the idea of spiritual disciplines. Because making space, intentionally making space to be with God, to be in silence, to be in solitude, to pray by ourselves, is one of the ways in which God reminds us who we are. Because this world can confuse us and start to believe all kinds of lies and other things. So spiritual disciplines help us point, turn back to God and sit with God and say, God, remind me who I am. God, remind me of your love. God, remind me of the truth. Ground me back in that so I can go back in the world and wrestle with the hard realities of what I'm facing in this life. But we need spiritual disciplines, practices, to point us back to the truth of who we are. Okay, I think I've made that pretty clear. I'm saying the same thing over and over again in different ways, (laughs) emphatically, hoping that I can convey how important this is in the scriptures and for our lives. We are God's beloved children. And so let's remember that as the most important thing in who we are. We are God's beloved children. And now I wanna wrestle with this idea in the scriptures that we are all unique children of God. Because we're all unique, amen? Like we are all fearfully and wonderfully made, the scriptures say. God knew you before you were born, God created you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God and you are a unique creation of God. You are different, unique, special. You have your own set of gifts, of talents that God has given you, and you have your own unique set of temptations, shadow sides, insecurities, sins that you have to wrestle with at the same time. And even looking at these verses and looking out at the folks in front of me, I know there's others on video, I can't see you, but I can see the folks here, and I am struck by the reality that God is so good and so powerful that he could make each Person, I'm looking at in a special and unique way I mean that is amazing that God made all of you with a very unique set of abilities and talents and gifts God made you and God knows you and you I mean each one of you you are, you are beautiful and unique you have a unique certain things that you can do in the world that I can't do Right? Like, If you look across the way, there are things you are made to do that God set beforehand for you to do that the person down the aisle can't do. They were not given that gift. They were not given that ability. So let's read Romans 12, 1 through 8 together and, and wrestle with, with how do we stay grounded in the truth that we are God's beloved children and wrestle with the truth of who are we, in a unique way. How did God make me, and how do I learn, and how do I discern, and how do I live into that? So, Romans 12:1 through 8. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, and if you're falling asleep, wake up for this part, okay? For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness." Now, my notes say I'm supposed to go to verse 3, but I love the end of that passage. The Apostle Paul is writing this, and he's like, hey, if you have this gift, go use it, right? If you have this gift, go use it. If you can do this, go do it with zeal. If God's made you to do this, go, man, really go do it with generosity. If God's made you to do this, man, like, go for it. Use those gifts God has given you. Like use them with energy, use them with passion, use them with joy. That's why I was just so struck by seeing the band like warm up and to see someone with a gift, use it, right? With joy. It was just such a picture to me of this passage, someone, someone living in the gift that God's given them and sharing it with us and blessing the rest of us with it. So on this next slide, let's look at verse three again. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. I was struck by these words, sober judgment. Think of yourself with a sober judgment. And I I enjoy looking at different translations the different scholars have translated from the original language. And usually you can find the different phrases that come out. And almost all of my favorite translations said sober judgment. Sober judgment. Sober judgment. Except New American Standard says be reasonable. <laughs> Which I think really goes with that, right? Like be reasonable. Having a sober judgment about yourself. It's, it's being reasonable. Being accurate. Being right, being. True, not being silly or exaggerated, but, but honest, but be reasonable, right? You can contrast sober judgment with someone who's drunk, which most of us have probably seen at some point in our life. When someone is intoxicated, they are not accurate, right? They, they are not wise, they are not like, oh yeah, thoughtful and accurate about things. They're maybe, maybe sleepy, maybe silly, outlandish, right? Stubborn. The opposite of of sober judgment. I see some laughs in the crowd there. Some stories might have come to mind. Have sober judgment. I also want to point out, it doesn't say, beat yourself up. (laughs) He says sober judgment. It doesn't say, man, be hard on yourself because you really, you really better be ashamed if you, you know, he says, no, just you got to start with a sober judgment about yourself with God. Last week, I asked you to take on a spiritual discipline for the week. To say, man, consider all these, di- all these different practices with God and consider which one of these might you really need to try this week, right? Like, would one of these you know, stick out to you in a way where like, man, you know what? I haven't done that. That would be a helpful practice for me. But if you don't have a sober judgment about yourself, right? If you don't have a pretty accurate view of here's who I am, here's how I'm actually living, right? Here's actually how mature I am. Then how would you really know what disciplines you need or, or which ones are, are lacking? Like if you don't have a sober judgment about yourself, how do you know what you need to focus on? Or how do you know when you, where you really need help? Like to ask for, for help from a friend, someone in your home group, right? Or a leader or a pastor or a therapist. How do you know when I really need help if you don't have a pretty accurate view of who you are. In the world of athletics, I don't know if anyone's ever trained for a triathlon or a marathon or or been in real, like, physical training, but experts say you have to know your body. Right? If you're training, you have to actually know your body. You have to actually know, oh, this soreness in my ankle is okay, but this soreness is wrong, right? This pain is actually not, this pain in my knee actually isn't, I know my body, I know that's not right, I'm going to stop. I frequently play basketball with younger people who are much more younger and athletic than me. And I frequently have a point where I say, I can't play anymore. And they go, you look fine. I'm like, no, but I have this little pain in my knee. I'm 43. I'm not 23. And I know my body. I know I have to sit down. Like, I know my, I know what's going on. I trust me. I know it. Like, I'm going to stop. Okay. To know yourself. And I want to point out here, because I'm going to look at more scriptures later. There's two related themes I'm going to get at over the next few minutes One of them is, what are my gifts? Like, what are these gifts, which are several times in the scriptures, Paul lays it out a couple different ways. What are my gifts? What's God made me to do? And then related to that is, like, can I be honest with myself of how I'm actually doing? Paul writes in that Romans, it talks about how much faith you have or how much grace you have. Like, you're at different points in your journey, different levels of faith that you have right now. Can we be honest about our gifts? Can we also be honest about, here's where I'm actually at? in a healthy, unhealthy way, right? Maturing way, growing way. Can I be honest about that? Look at myself with honesty. So this morning, if I came here and I said, man, Luke looks cool with that guitar. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Like that, that's just super cool. Like, man, I think my wife would think I'm really cool if I like played a guitar. You know what? hey, you know what, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the preaching pastor, can I just say, like, let me lead worship, right? If I came and I was like, you know what, let me lead worship, like, I think that'd be really cool, I think I would feel great about it, can I lead worship? That would be stupid, because I can't do it. Like, right, like, that would not be accurate. That would be like, I want that, because that looks cool, but I don't have that, that gift or that ability, and that would be a horrific thing you would have to endure, <laughs> Right, Thinking, did no, no one have wisdom in this church to say he shouldn't do that? Like what, what is going on, what's wrong? I'm gonna tell a story from basketball. And if you know me, I like basketball and I've tried to hold back the basketball illustrations for five weeks, but I, I, gotta, let, I gotta let one out, okay? So I'm coaching at a, at a, a local junior college, which, which has been a, a dream and, and a kind of a passion and, and a way God has worked this out. And they're a little older than what I've coached a lot of times and more advanced and it, it's a very competitive level. And I've had the same talk with the head coach with some of our players, which goes like this. Hey, so-and-so, come sit down. What are you good at? I'm good at shooting. Are you really good at shooting? Yeah, I'm really good at shooting. Do you practice a lot? I do. Is that what you're best at? Yeah. Then shoot. Don't ever pass up a shot. Shoot every time. Shoot from deep, sprint, catch and shoot. Do it over and over again. Why are you dribbling all over the place trying to make plays and make fancy passes like Steph Curry? Well, stop it, stop doing that. When a four-year coach comes to recruit you, they don't wanna see you do that, you're not that good at it. Just do the thing that you're really, really good at, and our team will win, you will score points, you will get recruited, like everything will be okay. If you start doing all the stuff that you can't actually do, it actually doesn't help our team. And in our body of Christ, right, we have hands and elbows and ears, and we actually need People's gifts, right? We actually need gifts of leadership and wisdom and helps and discernment and administration, right? And encouragement. And like, we actually need all the gifts and we need what you can bring. We don't necessarily need what you're not made to do. So let's look at ourselves with a sober judgment. I want to tell you another story about understanding our gifts and sober judgment. There's an author named Parker Palmer. And he has a book that's really helped me kind of discern who I am and who God's made me to be. And he tells this story that I think is beautiful. He tells a story of he was kind of a rising academic in his 20s, 30s, ends up living at a Quaker retreat center, okay? He's living with these Quakers, really beautiful people loving it, but has this pull of like, I'm supposed to be somebody, I'm supposed to be a big shot academic. Somebody contacts him and says, we want to offer you to be the president of our university. He's like, wow, I can get back in the gate. I can get back in that. You know, I was supposed to be this rising star. I can get back there. So the Quakers have an idea in discernment, which I think is really interesting, where they have basically your brothers and sisters in Christ form a circle around you and ask you questions for a couple hours. They don't tell you what to do, but they pray and pray with you. And they slow down. And they say, we're just going to ask you questions to help you discern what is God actually saying to you? Not what do you wanna do, but what is God actually saying in this decision? Like, let's help you hear from God's voice by asking you questions. So they ask him questions and he says, it's going well. I'm like, oh, I would do this and I would do that. And then someone says, Parker, why would you like to be the president of the university? And he finally just stopped. And he said, well, I wouldn't like wearing a suit and I wouldn't like not having summer vacation anymore and I wouldn't like having to fundraise, and I wouldn't like having to kiss up to people who have a lot of money to give money to the school. And they stopped, they said, no Parker, what would you like about the opportunity? And he said, well, I wouldn't like that. And then they said, No, what would you like about it? And he just finally had a sober view of himself. Like he finally slowed down and said, God, what? why do I want this? And he said in a small but honest voice, I think what I would actually want is to see my picture in the paper with the word president under it. I think that's actually what I, what I really want out of this." And he said there was a deep silence in the room for a few minutes. And then one of the women said, and this, just imagine this deep moment of just silence and like, wow, God just finally let this person know what's really going on in his heart. And someone said, hey, Parker. You think there's an easier way to get your picture in the paper? And the whole group just just falls down laughing. But it was a moment of like, you finally were honest with yourself. And you slowed down and prayed, and your friends asked you questions, and they prayed for you until you got to a point of honesty and sober judgment and said, No, this is why I want this. So now I got to figure, okay, God, where are you leading me if it's not that? So as we're looking, as we're pursuing, what are my gifts? Some of you may think, oh, I know some of my gifts and I'm already, you know, trying to use them and thinking about it. Some of you may think, I don't know. I don't know what those gifts are. I'm really trying to work through them. I'm not sure. There's ways of discerning. So there's, of course, praying, right? Having disciplines of prayer, of seeking God's voice, of learning how to listen to God's spirit, listen to God speaking to you. There's reading the scriptures, staying in line with what God says in the scriptures. And then there is examining our ways, and I'm going to look at some scripture around that in just a moment, examining ourselves. And then there's listening to our brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're like, man, I think I have this gift. Like, sometimes we need to ask our brothers and sisters in Christ. We talked about the, the discipline of being with our brothers and sisters in Christ, of worshiping and of communicating, encouraging, challenging one another in a body, in a community, So sometimes we need to say, hey, I think God is calling me, right, that I I should be a teacher or a preacher. I think God is calling me to this. Can you help me discern this? Can you pray for me? Can you pray with me? Can you point out what maybe I'm missing um, as I pursue this? Lamentations 340 says, let us examine and probe our ways and let us return to the Lord. In the Psalms, David says, examine me over like, many times. Psalm 26 starts out, examine me, O Lord. But if you just like look, search somewhere and you start examine in the Bible, there are all these passages, people saying, God, examine me, or teaching of examine yourself before the Lord. Be honest with yourself. A phrase I heard in some teaching that I love is, take a long, loving look at the real. Take a long, loving look at the real with God. Like, sit down with God and say, God, I'm going to sit here for a while. I'm going to take a long look. I know you love me, but I'm going to be real. Like, let's be real about where we're really at, where we're really thriving, and where we're really not. I'm going to take a few moments at the close um, of our sermon this morning to actually just stop and have a corporate time of silent prayer to pray. Instead of saying, hey, let's go pray this week, like, let's just stop, and I want to stop in a couple moments, and actually pray, and have a few moments of being quiet with God, and examining yourself. Where really am I in this? Where am I in using my gifts, or clarifying what my gifts are, and where am I in how my life is actually going? Like, what's actually happening in my inner life? Sometimes we can just keep going, and not stop, and examine What is actually happening deep inside my heart and soul right now? Maybe the things I don't even want to tell my friends, or maybe the things I don't even want to admit to myself that I'm actually wrestling with. So we're going to take a few moments to pray. And one of the ways that can be helpful to pray as a practice is at the end of the day, or at the end of your work day, or whatever kind of, as your day kind of comes to a switch, to sit with God for five or ten minutes to sit in God's presence and to review your day with God and just to ask some simple questions. God, where was I today? God, where was I with you today? Where was I not with you today? And to just kind of review your day thoughtfully with God and say, God, like, teach me what happened today. Let's talk about this day and God, would you inform me what's going on? Sometimes God's moving in our lives and we don't even realize it It's because we don't stop to say, oh, where, would God, where was God moving today? I kind of forgot that moment where I heard God's voice, and I moved on from it. So I want to do a prayer of examine with you this morning. So would you just take a deep breath? I know for some of you, you're like, oh, great, no more talking. I can pray. For some of you, this might be uncomfortable. But would you just get, just take a deep breath with God in this moment and, and close your eyes? That's probably helpful. And let's just take a moment to pray so we're together. But also, you you are praying to God, just just you as God's child. So would you first take a moment to remember that God is with you? Maybe even ask God. Say, God, remind me that you're with me right now. God, let let, let me feel your presence. God, let, let me know that you are present and with me right now. Now, would you take a moment And just remember that you are God's child. If that's hard for you, man, pray about it for a minute. Pray about the reality of being God's beloved child. God, as we sit in silence, remind us, teach us how much you love us. So now we're going to have a couple minutes where I'm going to ask you to, instead of doing one day, but to review your last week with God, to basically practice what we read about, about examine yourself, examine yourself and seek to have a sober judgment about yourself. So think about your last week. Maybe you went to church. Maybe you didn't. Think about Monday. A lot of you probably had a different day or holiday on Monday. Might have been different, special. But but just just for a moment, think about your week in a prayerful way, like inviting God to remind you and to speak to you. Think about your day Monday. Kind of slowly go through your week thinking about what happened. Take a moment. as you consider your week, where did you sense God's presence? Were there moments where you, as you look back, you, you, were lit, you were abiding on the vine, you were abiding in God's love, connected to God's spirit? Consider what were some moments or memories of abiding in God's love? ask you, what, what, what are you grateful for from this week? And take a moment to thank God for God's blessing, provision, any little thing. Take a moment and thank God for the things in this week that God gave you. And in this week, do you have any sense of where God has been leading you? Any sense of God's movement, God's, God guiding you, God nudging you, encouraging you or challenging you, any sense of where, where God spoke to you or led you or interacted with you in some way? And then also this week, where, were there some moments where you were running from God? Being distant from God? Running on your own other road away from God? Consider those moments of this week. particular temptations, particular sins that, that were pulling on you this week. And now, would you consider any kind of gift that you think God may have given you? Could be a small gift, could be a Something that seems big and profound, but what are some gifts, abilities that God's given you, and did you have any chances to use those this week? Any opportunities to think about how you could use them, or or thoughts about using those gifts, or maybe how did you use them this week, in this week? And now we're about to close, but would you just take a minute or two and ask God to give you wisdom and discernment about your life, about the gifts you have that you're wrestling with or you know about, about where you're actually at. Maybe there's things that popped up as you looked at your week that you're like, oh, wow, I need to address this. Take a moment. Would you just pray, say, God, give me wisdom on where I'm at. God, God speak to me. Give me wisdom about where I'm at and, and how to move forward. God, we we pray together. We ask for your spirit to guide us. As we discern what what are our gifts in the body. And as we discern how to use them. And as we discern what is actually going on deep inside me that, that I need to address. Where am I really at, God? God, give us sober judgment. God, help us to take a long, loving look at the real of where you are guiding us, where you are active. And where do we need to cry out for your help, God? Because we need some help to turn certain things around. And God, I thank you that through this all, that you are with us, that you do love us, that you will help us move forward with you, God. That you won't give up on us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to point out that this journey of learning what our spiritual gifts are, of learning how to know ourselves and have sober judgment about ourselves, is a lifelong journey. It's not a think about it in one sermon and now I know everything about myself, every gift with clarity. I completely know all my shadow sides. I got it down. This is a lifelong journey of asking God to keep, God, give me sober judgment. God, God, show me what's going on inside me. God, show me where you're leading me next. Help me be more in tune with you, God, to know how you want to use me and to know what are the parts of me that I really need to address with you, God. And remembering, even if you looked at your week and there were certain things that you were like, oh, why, why was my week like this? Or if you went through your week and thought, oh, I don't remember being in God's presence. I want to encourage you, that we have a God who loves us, who says, okay, let's start here. I love you. I am with you. Okay, let's start from there. Let's look at this next week then. There is hope, there is forgiveness, there is grace in this God to help us take our next steps with God. I'm going to pray again, and in a moment we're going to take communion. So would you, if you would like communion elements because you don't have them, would you, would you raise your hand? I'll give you just a moment to get those. And if you're already ready, you could just take a moment and begin praying. Oh, Stephanie, is one more behind you? Sorry. <laughs> there you go. So you can go ahead and start opening it. It'll take you a minute, but then we'll take it together. But go ahead and start opening that. This represents the body of Christ broken for us. And this represents the blood of Christ shed for us. And this sacrifice of Jesus unleashes the power of forgiveness and the power of transformation for us. So let us partake together. God, thank you. Let's pray together one more time and then the worship team will will lead us. God, we pause again and we are grateful for the sacrifice of Jesus. We are grateful for your love and your mercy and your kindness and your grace. We are grateful for forgiveness of sins. We are grateful for mercies that are new every morning. God, let us have our hope in you, our trust in you, our confidence in you. Amen.